0: ish reaction edition of the night report podcast i'm your co-host mike broadbent joining me once again is my co-host richie schneider richie we have another transfer out of the program last year's starting left tackle and uh was only in the year program for less than a year uh willie tyler has announced he's entering the portal um i don't think this should come as any surprise <clears throat> that we're having transfers out after we've gotten an entirely new offensive coaching staff for the most part uh pat flaherty has come in and probably has done an independent assessment of where Rutgers was at. uh, And I don't think he was necessarily happy with a lot of the offensive line play last year. And Willie Tyler has one year of eligibility left. Uh, So what are you hearing with this transfer? And what do you think that means for Rutgers? Not only, uh, you know, in the lead up to spring, but also, you know, where the offensive line might sit next year.
1: Yeah. So I think first and foremost, um, people are going to see starting left tackle leaving and it's like, Okay, sure. Like, no, there's no need to panic. Like, Willie Tyler wasn't that good. Uh, No offense to him. Like, he just wasn't a good offensive lineman. He wasn't good at Texas. He went to Louisiana Monroe, was competent, pretty, maybe slightly above average down there, but uh, came out to Rutgers and he just wasn't good in the Big Ten. Like, that's just what it is. Uh, He obviously isn't ready for this level of play. I think he's going to go back down a level. I think that's clear as day. Now, would you like to have kept him as depth? I think I'd argue yes, in my in my uh, opinion. That's up for debate. But uh, end of the day, I mean, he's you can replace him pretty easily. Uh, how you're going to replace him, that's the big question mark. You can, there's so many different ways you could do this. Tyler Needham's a young guy that was stepping up uh, a little bit last year. He was back up right tackle to Holland Pierce. We saw Kamar Missouri come in at times at tackle. Um, heck, we saw CJ Hansen play tackle last year, too. And all three of those guys are still on the team. We saw some of the young guys are starting to step up a little more. Dante Chin was uh, probably the most ready of all the freshmen last year of that uh, super talented Fab Five level freshman class or whatever you want to call it.
0: Let's not go that far. Come
1: on. <laughs> uh, nah, they were some highly rated kids, but there they are. But potential- Fab
0: Five is like I know, I know. five star kids. Come
1: on. Um, we'll, we'll stick to we'll stick the hoops for Fab Five. Uh, exactly. Comments, but uh, anyway, uh, so maybe Dante Chin steps up. Maybe on my, maybe the best case scenario, I think you move Holland Pierce to left tackle. The dude's been pretty damn good at right tackle. Maybe you just try him at left and see what happens. Uh, it's end of the day, you should have got a transfer. That's clear as day. Yeah. I don't think there's any question there. We'll dive into that in a little bit later, but I think those are your options at the moment. I think you either go Pierce, you go Needham, or Missouri. Maybe Hanson's like a fourth, like, uh, Fourth guy that could be an up and comer, but like, I shouldn't say up and comer because he's in year four, or year five, or whatever now. So yeah, it's kind of make or break at this point for him. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That <laughs> we knew the offensive line was going to be a, a work in progress, no matter who it was. Like I know we just said it off the pod, but like, don't expect Flaherty to like come in here and be like, oh my god, these these guys are great all of a sudden. Like you can't make mm-hmm. chicken. What was it? Chicken food out of chicken shit? Or you can't chicken make
0: chicken salad without well chicken shit. Come on. Yeah. yeah. yeah come on. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Early morning here. Uh, but yeah, just looking at our scholarship chart on offense, um, 11 of our 20 scholarship offensive linemen right now have freshman eligibility. Uh, 14 of our 20 offensive linemen on scholarship have freshman or sophomore eligibility. This is still a really young unit. Um, a lot of these guys too, you know, five of those guys are true freshmen coming in. This is a group that Flaherty is really going to need to coach up. I, I, I don't doubt that somebody who is a redshirt freshman will play <clears throat> extensively this year. It's just going to be a question of who. Because a lot of these guys, they go through so much transformation in one year that mm. you I mean, you might come out in the spring if they let you come out in the spring and be like, who's number 74? And they're going to be like, oh, it's this guy. You're like, it's that guy? Holy shit, what has he been doing all offseason? That <laughs> happens every, t- every year. Yeah. There's one or two guys who just totally transforms their body just things need to click like so much is going on for these kids in such a short period of time a lot of these kids it's their first time away from home they're Mm -hmm. adjusting to that it's the personal responsibility portion of it it's hell they might not have like had an environment at home where they were eating every night three meals you know what i mean so it's a lot of change for some of these kids so Mm -hmm. um i do think we might see a surprise or two on from one of the younger guys but we're going to need to just trust some coach flats here because this is not a situation that's going to be resolved probably in the spring uh, or, you know, this season even. But I think there'll be improvements.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're not getting a depth chart spring. We never do at this yep. point. Very annoying. But besides the point, I mean, I think, you know, three of your top five linemen at, at the very least in Brown and Dunlap and... And Pierce but after that it's the other two spots are a total question mark and that's right now that's your entire left side of your line like you have no idea yep. who your left guard and left tackle are and you could probably argue there was those two spots are probably the most p- two important positions on the line so very a little scary um obviously there's some people that have played last year like uh you could maybe move Dunlap to left guard you could Chafani played significant snaps last season but your best lineman's gone, and J.D. Dorenzo, I I think yeah. without a question, and I've been saying this, I've been very adamant about this on the boards. You need a transfer guy. Like yeah. I don't care what level he is, you can stop. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Probably you probably need two, but I don't think they're even going to get two. Maybe one, but who knows? I think we said this when Flaherty was hired. He's walking in here, every jobs wide open. So I I want to say as much as I'm saying, there's three of the your top five linemen. Still think those three win jobs, but. This is open. It's wide open right now. Like any guy could just step up and and take these take those two jobs easily. So,
0: yeah, no doubt. Um, this also it's, it's interesting looking at the, the scholarship chart and seeing, you know, Brian Felter played as a true freshman. He hasn't really played much since Gus Salinskis played as a true freshman. Hasn't really didn't really play a lot last year. So there's guys who have experience along this offensive line for whatever reason haven't really played a ton outside of their freshman years. Um, so we'll see if he can, if if Coach Flatts can kind of see something in them. A lot of these guys weren't ready to play as freshmen either. So let's just throw that out there as well. But maybe maybe he can you know pull something out of these guys because clearly there was something there if they're playing as a true freshman at the Big Ten level, even if it was out of necessity. So. Yeah, he's got a he's got his work cut out for him for sure. Yeah,
1: it's it's rough and I I am keep saying it and people got to stop saying like why, why would we go get an FCS transfer? Why would we go get like this lower level guy? And I'm like your your best lineman last year was from Sacred Heart. <laughs> like are you kidding yeah.
0: me? <laughs> I think there's the amount there's of people talent. Who, who say that, you know, because you were good at one level that means you can't be good at this next level is like a total logical fallacy it's, like There's a reason why fcs kids are getting drafted in the nfl playing long careers in the nfl there's a reason why these fcs kids are now moving up a level and becoming one of the best players at their position in college football you have to look no further than jared verse at florida state you look Mm -hmm. at dalton kincaid at utah both those guys came from the fcs and we're putting up good numbers there and then they came up and we're still really good at the next level i think i think there's a lot of hate for lower level kids for no reason, especially if they, if they meet the, this, the height weight requirements, like if they're a six, one edge rusher and, you know, they're taking him on cause he had 16 sacks for, you know, let's say Montana state. There's a reason mm-hmm. to question that. There's not many six, one guys who are going to succeed at the, at the power five level, but if he's six, five he's probably going to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, there's definitely guys down there. And that's, that's where I think you have to start looking a little more. Um, yep. We've seen so many like big name programs do it too. Like, yeah, I know, and I shouldn't say it. Shouldn't even call this a big name program, but Northwestern did it with a Ivy League kid, and he turned out pretty well. He's one of their starting uh offensive linemen yep. last year. I forget his name. Um, Penn State did it with Hunter Norzad at of car or Cornell. Like, there's yeah. there's talent down there. Just go pluck one. Like, it's not it's that Zion hard. Johnson
0: at Penn. It's uh, Boston College. Yeah, he came from a, a D two program and then became a first team All American for Boston it's, College. So
1: yeah, there's talent down there, and you just gotta. I I think you have to hit the portal hard in that. 15 day period or whatever the hell it is. Yep. So. All
0: right. Uh, so let's pivot a little bit to basketball. We had some, uh, interesting news, not break necessarily, but you, you reported on some news yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. it was first brought up by resident poster. ru 72? Wanted to give him a shout out. So there was no confusion as to who posted about this first. Um, but uh, another uh, MSG game looks like it's on the docket for next year. Opponent TBD, but tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so uh, they're definitely going to play an out-of-conference game in at MSG again. I think Rutgers saw the fan base, saw everything. Um, everyone just show up, and it was just the crazy environment overall. Um, I'll say from my perspective, just hitting the train from, from my town in South Amboy to New York City, Holy shit. Every train car was red. Like I was just, I was shocked or Scarlet, whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, I was actually legitimately shocked. And I know, um, one of the photographers I brought with me is a Seton hall guy and he, he was, uh, he was doing work for us and he was even like, Holy shit, man. Like we couldn't, like he mentioned, he said word for word. We couldn't, we could never even pull this off. Like this was, there was a lot of red. Like, so I think without a question, you're doing it again. And, uh, Next season, it's going to be either Gonzaga, Providence, or St. John's. Now, if it's St. John's, I just I would just assume it's a St. John's home game at that point. That's just a guess on my part, but who knows? If it's Providence, I guess it's just a neutral site game. I don't really know what you uh, consider that. I, or maybe Rutgers gets screwed and NCAA is like, no, you get another home game, buddy. Like, and if it's Gonzaga, I think you it's probably a one for one. I think you're probably going to see them go out to Spokane, and it might be uh An interesting trip, to say the least, because that's the year. Say Gonzaga comes here next year, the year after, you got to go out west anyway. So maybe you you play one of those early Big Ten games and you get like uh, Gonzaga one day on Tuesday and then uh, USC or UCLA on Saturday, something like that. But
0: Yeah, can we talk a little bit about like how the whole who is the home team or if it's a neutral site game gets decided so late? Because if you remember, Uh, when Penn State played Purdue at the Palestra, mm -hmm. that counted as a neutral site game the day of. The following day, they switched it to a Penn State home game, which I don't know how you can make that determination after the game. (laughs) And Penn State or Rutgers, uh, Michigan State, it wasn't announced until like the day before. Why is there ambiguity about who the home team is slash what if it's a neutral site game? Why is that not clear from the the get-go?
1: Well, you know, we saw... Like the majority of the crowd was Penn State fans, so we're like, Yeah, that's a Penn State home. No, now you know you look at MSG, seventy five percent Rutgers. Yeah, that's a Ruckers home game. Like God.
0: But that man? wasn't clear that wasn't <laughs> clear the day like you know what I mean? It was determined like the day before for for Rutgers to be a home game. I just yeah, is there I don't get what it. is the reasoning behind this?
1: Do you not there, know either? I have no idea. There's no reasoning at all. The NCAA is a shit show right now, as we all know, and they have yeah. bigger things to worry about. Um they're throwing they're slapping people on the wrists. They're slapping people on the wrist for women's basketball recruiting. Oh my uh, God, when Meanwhile, yeah. yeah. Like that's what you're going to get Miami for, for getting right. the twin sisters. You're going to get them for that. Cause they eat dinner at the guy's house. You're not going to, I don't know, go about to maybe Florida down the road and be like, Hey, I know you just offered this kid 13 mil. What the fuck happened here? Yeah. Or like maybe any other kid on the football team and just be like, Hey, we know you got money. Like maybe I don't know, go a little further. But everyone's asking us on the boards, like, do you, what do you think of this? I'm like, it's nothing. It's a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. That's just most fucking insane thing I've ever seen. And they yeah. don't want to ruffle any feathers because what the minute they do, when they ruffle the feathers of either a Big Ten or a, a big name Big Ten school or a big name SEC school, those two conferences are going to say, hey guys, you want to just seed and say like make our own thing because we already have like top yeah. what what forty teams together, and we already have like. 30 of the, like, you could even argue all of them are, are, are in the top level. Like, this yep. is that is the NCAA right there. There's no two conferences at this point. So, I don't know. Big joke there, but NCAA is a shit show. It's a joke. And that's all I got there.
0: Yeah. Um, St. John's would be interesting for that, that site uh, for that game. Uh, looks like they're going to fire their coach this year, Mike um, Anderson. Oh, no. Mm. Stop. So, um, <laughs> That's one thing to, to pay attention to Providence. I I think they're just like, you know, Ed, Ed is it Ed Gladney or Ed Pinkney? I think his name uh, is Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley. I don't know why I can never get that right. Ed Cooley. He's got a, a great program. He's kind of mm-hmm. pulled from the doldrums of the Big East. Um, but I, I I think the, the I, I hope it's Gonzaga too, because Gonzaga, they'll be losing like fifth year senior Drew Timmy. Exactly. They won't have a Chet Holmgren <laughs> level recruit. They have a, I mean, don't get me wrong, they have a great program there, but I think they'll be relatively down, but everybody will still view them as Gonzaga, especially, you know, if Rutgers goes in and, and, and wins that game, it'll be a huge December win. I, I assume it'll happen in December, uh, early December. Um, so a huge way to, you know, lead up to the Big Ten conference schedule.
1: Um, I mean, Gonzaga right now, and we're just just kind of looking at this right now, they're number nine in the net. Obviously, they're not going to be number nine next year, unless they win it off. They win it all, then maybe they'll they might be higher. But I, yeah, I'm gonna assume yeah. they're probably gonna be like top twenty next year, which is which is gonna be great for Rutgers out of conference schedule and resume. Providence is number thirty eight right now. Um, who was the other one? Saint John. Saint John's is, is bad, but yep. it sounds like they're gonna like you said they're gonna fire their coach, and I think the leading candidate might be Rick Pitino. So
0: yeah, I I agree that's probably the leading candidate, but I don't know. There's I, every time Patino comes up for a job, there's some new stuff that comes out of the closet mm-hmm. about that guy. So,
1: yeah, a lot, of, a lot of hookers in his background.
0: A lot of hookers, a lot of just you know,
1: imagine that guy in the heart of New York City. I mean, he's been there before, he was the Knicks coach. Oh, yeah, you're right, I forgot about that. So, he already knows the good strip clubs, and all. He's,
0: yeah. He's from there. I mean, he's he's at you know, Iona now, which is on the outskirts of New York City. So,
1: yeah, that's a New York. At heart. Fair enough. It makes sense. I mean, and they they would probably be a pretty solid team next year. So either way, you're getting a solid opponent, it seems like. And you're not getting the typical Central Connecticut State, although they will more than likely probably be on the schedule as well.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't see us significantly beefing up the schedule. Maybe they replace replace Temple instead of playing a team like Temple at a neutral site, you play a team like Gonzaga. So Mm -hmm. it'll buoy up the the out-of-conference a bit, but I, I don't ever see Pike Playing a schedule that is, you know, top one hundred even in the out of conference <clears throat> because the Big Ten is a gauntlet. There's no really no point in playing really good teams yeah. to fill you would, up out of conference.
1: Yeah, I would like to see. Well, next year they probably get the uh, the Gavit games back because then they didn't have yep. it this year. So I'm assuming they go back in it. ACC Big is that still on one more year or is it? Two, or is that it after this year? I forget.
0: I honestly don't know. I, I, I know it's getting
1: was... canceled, but I don't know when.
0: Yeah. I think because it was an ESPN production, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Because mm-hmm. the Big Ten no longer has a package, um, like a TV package with the ESPN, I don't think they could do that anymore.
1: Okay, so yeah, I just looked it up. That is the final one. All right, that mm-hmm. sucks. But uh, So you get the Gavit games, so you're going to play one of those teams. Unless they make the Providence game, the Gavit games, which I guess you could.
0: Well, Providence is a Big East team.
1: Yeah. The, the Gavit games... No. Isn't it Gavit Games? Oh,
0: yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. My yeah, so, so they would get the Gavit Games maybe,
1: or even if you don't get that. So it's MSG, Gavit Games, Seton Hall. Right then and there, there's the three big teams, and then you fill it out with a bunch of random stuff. Um, so I guess it's probably equal to next, last year. Unless, they get, unless it's Gonzaga, it's going to be similar to this year's schedule. Yeah, so. and I
0: know there's probably a good reason for this, but the fact that Rutgers has never been involved with the Dickey V Classics seems to me that it makes no sense. Jimmy V. Sorry, I said Dicky V. My, I meant Jimmy yeah. V. My bad. Um, yeah, I think why 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 not? Like that seems to be a, a shoe in, no brainer. But it I'm sure that there's a good very reason why.
1: Pre-COVID, I don't know if you remember. I think it was Baylor mm-hmm. they were supposed to I do, and yep. uh, I don't know what happened—logistical issues and COVID issues, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they try to get back in it. Maybe that's what they'll make the MSG game and just put those four teams in it. Yeah, that would be fun. Yep. Like um yeah i don't know it's gonna be interesting they're gonna have a a very intriguing schedule next year so i wish they would just do one of these preseason tournaments though it drives me nuts. like i don't know if you saw i got an email randomly yesterday like hey about the one in san diego yeah you want to break this news i'm like uh okay (laughs) like what teams are (laughs) in it like iowa usc seton hall oklahoma and the san diego rain children's Invitational. i was like "Uh, okay why are you sending this to me like Oh, I just figured you're a basketball guy. Okay, I'm shorter. Sweet, like whatever. But uh, yeah. I mean, that's what I want Rutgers to be in. I want them to be in one of those tournaments. Like I want to watch a whole classic, like a whole actual tournament. Like you win, you move on. You lose, you play this guy. Like it's it's fun. Go to the Bahamas.
0: That's do. Yeah, that. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I'm sure you'd hate to go down to the Bahamas to cover that event, or Vegas to cover that event, or wherever else they have the. Because it's always a destination.
1: Bahamas or Vegas as a right off i'm in Sign me oh, yeah.
0: up <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
1: oh but uh yeah that's that's all we really got in terms of schedule wise i think right yeah that's it yeah
0: all right guys so we have a game tomorrow night at minnesota ruckers should be a favorite in that one the betting line hasn't come out yet but um obviously it would have there would have been a ton of pressure on Rutgers to win that game if they had lost at penn state uh thankfully they didn't this is still a game that you don't want to mess around this late in the season. Rutgers has to take care of business. You don't want to throw anything out there that they could hold against you. I think Rutgers is safely in, but that's safely if nothing crazy happens. Like if if Rutgers goes into Minnesota and loses by 20, I think that totally wipes away the good grace of the Penn State win. So again, I'm not saying that happens. I think they win pretty handily. I think they win by 10, 15 points, but they Mm -hmm. need to take care of business. That's the bottom line. So Rutgers-Minnesota tomorrow, we'll have a reaction on Friday. And then they close out the season with Senior Day Sunday against Northwestern. Then the Big Ten Mm -hmm. Tournament's next week. So we could do a Big Ten Tournament preview slash uh, Northwestern recap on Monday. But Mm -hmm. we appreciate you guys tuning in. There might be more breaking news. We're waiting on Kurt Tang's decision. Uh, You know, college Mm -hmm. sports is crazy. New things always happen unexpectedly. So stay tuned to the board. Stay tuned to your podcast feeds. If you haven't already please like and subscribe to our youtube channel and also give us a five-star review on the podcast we really appreciate it it's helped a lot of people find this podcast we've grown a lot in the last year and a half and so we appreciate you all who have told your friends told your family um, go ruckers this has been another edition of the Core podcast